Hey everybody, this is Victor from Megasheen. Today we have a very special episode for you. This is our Valentine's Day roundtable discussion about the apps. Yes, the gay apps are big in our community. And so we're going to really talk about the effects of the apps and all that good stuff. And it's a whopper of an episode. So join us and listen and have a good time. All right, here we go. everybody we are back and today we have special guests on the show yes we do who do we have on the show today well we'll let them introduce themselves let them tell us let let them tell everybody who they are okay let's start with uh let's start with you okay i was like uh (laughs) um what's up everybody i'm avi huey um you can catch me on the man podcast and the Quemini Jams, and just started a new show called Boys of Beyonce dropping on Valentine's Day. So, catch me in all those spots. Follow me on Twitter at Baby Huey. That's D-A-E-B-Y-H-U-E-Y. And I'm happy to be here. Let's have some fun. Great. And our other guest. Hey, y'all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Chief is the founder and the editor-in-chief of a, a QtPoc platform, a media platform, ethnics.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, um, ethnics.com, spell out the, the .com, D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, the Black History Month cover story, uh, a collection of about 10 pieces. So yeah, you, you, should, you should take a look. And y'all should take Excellent. a look. Y'all should take a look. Um, and then this is us. <laughs> uh, y'all already know what we here. So we're going to talk about pretty much everything involving just, I guess, love, romance, sex, and the apps today. So this is going to be kind of just a potpourri of discussion, but we're going to really kind of get into a lot of this because in some interesting and wonderful and sad and strange ways, um, the apps affects many things in our culture and it is fascinating scary interesting and sometimes yeah a little sad but we're going to kind of talk about a lot of that today so let's go ahead and get started by kind of talk about let's kind of open the conversation with what apps have we've used and are we still using them do bgc count Mm, (laughs) that's kind of the I feel like the Kickstarter of some, <laughs> of some of these things. So, yeah. Um, then BGC, Jack, and Grinder for me. Hmm. I know I don't... When I was coming out or, I don't know, single, I, apps weren't around. So, Ooh. I was using Manhunt Ooh. and Gay.com and Outpersonals. But... That was a long time ago. Did anyone ever use Adam for Adam? 
Nah. No. I was afraid of Adam. Adam was... Okay, I'm going to say this, and this is not a reflection on anybody. Adam Adam was kind of where the gutter snipes were. Like... The gutter snipes. Oh, right. We are the nephews of the world. Because (laughs) when I lived in New York, um, my friend... I had two friends who were on it, and um, just the things they would show me and then the guys that they would meet up with was just like, oh, oh. so I was like, no. But that was in New York. I'll say that. Chief, which apps have you used or are currently using? Um, in my when I was a baby gay, um, <laughs> I would, I would, you know what? Okay, so let me back up. I'll just say, say recently. Recently, um, for about like a year straight and then intermittent before, like honestly, it didn't last. I would like get on for a month or two, but I was on Jacked, Grinder, mm-hmm. um, and Scruff. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of them has like a unique, um, uh, a unique way of talking. Like the, um, the demographics are, are very unique, especially here in the Bay area. Um, uh, but just like Victor, I, at the start of this year, well, not just like Victor, but similar to, I, I decided to delete, um, all of my gay apps and I have an explanation for that. There is a hashtag about that. Mm-hmm. Victor, you can cue that in. Um, <laughs> but, um, I will say that to be honest, um, Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram work a lot better for me than the apps ever did. Right? Uh, you know, I, actually, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. And speaking of the hashtag, it was why I left the apps because I I was on just Growler. I decided to do it. And the only reason why I did it is because my roommate was on the apps. and But he was always kind of miserable, you know? I'm like, and I'm always like, well, if you're not happy with it why are you on it you know because to me i'm like if i'm not happy with something i take it back to the store you know what i'm saying like i, I go get a we exchange refund a or something. lot of people that put in like i don't know why i'm more here but i was like so why are you here like yeah or you will see people say that i be like i hate the app ain't nobody good on here but yeah. what's up like what but they'll say that while they own it that's what be cracking me up so I decided to get on it because, you know, I, he said to me, well, you can't speak on it because you're not on it. I was like, okay, that's a fair read. So I decided, like, you know what? I'm going to get on it. I'm going to see what this is all about. So I got on it and, you know, people start, you know, sending stuff and all that good stuff like that. But then I start looking at the fact that I, there was a lot of, there was a lot of mess on it. There was a lot of guys who would say things, wouldn't follow through. There were guys who um, would just, the first thing they'll say to you is like, show me your dick or something like that. I'm like, okay, I'm too old to be talked to like this. Or, you know, (laughs) stuff like, just a lot of stuff like that. Or you get some of these guys who will see you and make some decisions then and there. What used to bother me about being on Growler or or just when, even when I was way back, With gay.com, gay.com was kind of the beginning piece. Um, what I didn't like is, you know, you see the picture and you automatically, because of, for example, I'm black, and because of that, you're automatically assumed to be a top for whites, um, ignored by blacks, and, <laughs> and, and what have you. And I feel like um, it was just a lot of stuff and unnecessary drama that I decided to like, I don't need this anymore. And I was on it for about a year and two months. 
And I was like, no. Then I looked back. The reason why, another reason why I was making a decision to leave is because I looked back and I always like to look at the inventory. You know, like you look at, like, you have to sit down and think, like, what am I getting out of this? So I look back, what have I gotten out of this that has been satisfactory? And there, I, I look back and there was like only two, two, you know, encounters that was actually worth something. And I was like, I have been on here for a year and there's only been like, two encounters worth you know revisiting or people that were friendly um and i don't like to i didn't like jump out there and give everybody a taste of my of my pudding but what i i wanted to make sure that whoever i got with it was worth it and i feel like all the people who i was talking to or whatever were not worth it so like why am i doing this to myself and also that whole because you know that that you're already addicted to your phone that was just adding on another addiction, like looking who's here and everything else, who's talking to you. And I just decided that I'm going to leave it because I'm not getting anything from it. What I get, what I've gained from it, what I, what I was getting from it, what I was in, dealing with was not worth it anymore. So I was like, you know what, why have all this extra stress or extra foolishness in my life? Just let it go. I already got the people that I need. And that's good. I think I I think personally, what you should do with apps is find one or two people, take them off the apps, and deal with them in real time. Like you know, after you've had a few encounters, be like, okay, I'm gonna just take you and you, y'all in real time, you on my phone list. There's no need for me to keep coming out here anymore, and just go. That's my story. Square <laughs> point. So has anybody else had a similar? Come to Jesus. Uh, epiphany. <laughs> as far as the apps are concerned. I think, to be honest, I mean, when, when Victor, when you had the why I left gay apps um, hashtag, mm-hmm. like I had already left like weeks before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was kind of, it was a similar experience. Like the apps we know are, are they're visual. And mm-hmm. That means that you're going to have high success if your your visual presentation fits some kind of like um, some kind of archetype. Like you have to, you can't be like in between. You have to be like this type of gay, yeah. this type of gay. And if you present as anything but that, um, you know, maybe there are ten, maybe there are twelve, um, maybe there are fewer. But if you don't present as exactly one of those things, then you're not going to have a lot of high success. Mm-hmm. Because those would be like, you have to look like look like an otter. You have to look like one of these muscle gays or a twink or, you know, name your thing in terms of race and, of course, of, of what Griner calls their tribes. So if you don't, then you're kind of stuck. Um, and the apps don't work for you. And that was kind of my thing is like... Um, my friends have told me they're like, because I, I would tell them like I don't have much success in the apps, and they would be like surprised. And this isn't like to pat you know myself on the back or to gas myself, but just being honest. And they would tell me that like, you know, then why are you on them? And I would notice because in person I would have a lot more success. So like the entirety of my presentation, um, not reduced to a, a face pic, not reduced to like abs or body or ass or whatever then that that whole delivery that's when i would have more success so i just said that you know what like the apps are clearly for certain people mm-hmm. and the in-person thing whatever the dynamic is whatever people are seeing um 
that just worked better for me. Yeah. And it, it, it is a little bit of a, um, it, it <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it does take some kind of emotional pain out of it, um, to realize that, but, but before you get to, you know, removing that pain there, you, you do kind of wonder why you're like, why am I doing this? What is going on? Like, what am I doing wrong? Um, and that, that can, that can feed all kinds of insecurities. Yeah. Um, even when, you know, that those insecurities are unfounded, it's the simple fact that you don't function in a space. And so you're like, well, what do I need to do to function in that space? Well, maybe you just don't need to be in that space and the apps are a space. So mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, you have to be honest with yourself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and understand that. And I, and I think that, that it would work for a lot other, a lot more people too, that, these apps are, are, you know, we've accepted that, oh, this is the easiest way to hook up or find dates or whatever. And don't get me wrong, it is, especially for folks in places where, you know, there is no neighborhood, there is no gay bar, and you can't really be out. Or if you're not out um, at all, for whatever reason, um, you know, they do have value, but I don't think that they are marketed correctly as having value for everyone. I think that um, they would function better if there were a lot fewer people. And I think we would be a lot happier if we accepted that we don't all necessarily fit in the app space or the website space or the social media space, but maybe we do better in person and we just got to get our asses out the house. That's that's very true. And, that, and that's why I miss... And, you, and sometimes you said that it makes a lot of sense because I come from a small town. I went to college in a small town. And I feel like... And I always say this, and people laugh at me on this, but I believe that gay culture is better in those type of spaces because I feel like you're not really, um, you're not really tempted by the, you know, by the the feel of what it is to be in a city. Gay life in a smaller town, I believe, is a little bit it's a little bit more better because therefore you're able to really get out and meet people and see, you know, who's out there and what's going on versus when you're on you know, in a bigger city. The apps is where a lot of people kind of live their lives, and then when you're out in public, it's a whole different thing. So I've always believed that piece that sometimes a gay community is stronger in smaller spaces. But I also kind of like the fact that you mentioned about being honest with yourself, and I think that's that's the problem. A lot of gays are not honest with themselves when they get on these apps. You know, I, and it, you'll see a lot of them will say things like. Um, the one that bothers me the most <laughs> is the ones who are in a relationship, but they'll say, oh, I'm happy in my relationship, but, you know, so I'm not looking for a boyfriend. I'm like, okay, but you're on this app. Or um, you will see things like, I'm looking for friends, but then their pictures say something else. So it's like, it's always these mixed messages <laughs> that you see on these things that it's just like, who are you? Are you really being honest with us and yourself? Because I always feel like, there was one guy that I had a, a pretty good conversation with because he was always on, um, but he was in a relationship. And I was like, I, I said, I'm just, I said, I'm just curious, you know, you're always looking, but you say that you're in a, a happy, healthy, open relationship. How, how healthy is that if you're always looking i i understand if you're like okay i'm in dc this weekend and i'm in a relationship but you know while i'm away i can do these things but if you're always looking and we're in the same space in the same area is that really a healthy thing and he said you know what i'm gonna have to really sit down and think about that and i was like oh okay you didn't try to come back and be shady towards me he was like no i need to 
think about that. You're right. I'm always on here and I'm saying I'm in a happy relationship. So sometimes I feel like these apps, it fosters the, the illusion of happiness, the illusion of being, you know, fabulous and gay. It fosters that illusion. And I, and I wonder sometimes, is it really good for us? And I, yeah, I, I don't think it's for everybody. And I think we, I think a lot of gays need to think before they get on these apps, like, am I ready for, you know, am I ready for, you know, this emotional abuse, this judgment, this, the stereotyping, the racism, am I ready for all this? And that was something I had to do to myself was like, am I going to want to be on here for another six months dealing with all of this? Um, or like the fact that I can look at the box, like it will show you like multiple people and it'll be like, maybe I'll say like out of 40 boxes, there are five black people. None of those black men will say anything to me, but most of those white guys would say something to me right away. And it also that used to play on my mind too, because I will always sit there and go like, why, you know, you know, on Twitter, you'll see, you know, you always see like these young black gays. I can't believe how you want to date a white guy when you can't date your own. I'm like, girl, you don't even understand the format of what's going on because sometimes the black men don't even want you. And that's something I had to deal with with the fact that, I can be on these apps and no black man would talk to me, but a white one would. And then, you know, so therefore that played on my psyche too. So therefore I had to just like, okay, I need to get off this completely. So that's, I don't know. I just feel like at the end of the day, I don't really feel like these apps serve us completely well. They serve us for a a good hot moment, but I don't think they serve us well long-term if I'm making any sense. You do. Um, quick question: Am I the baby gay in the room? I'm 27. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the age of everybody in the room? Um, I I will be 44. Um, this week, this Friday, actually. Oh, happy birthday! Oh, wow. uh, happy birthday! Thanks. I'm 31. I'm 35. Yes. Yep. You were you the baby. Yeah. You're <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've had a, a different experience with apps. Um, no, I didn't come out till I was like twenty two, mm-hmm. so five years. Well, except that I was getting came out. Um, so five years ago, ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I would use stuff, I was either in Atlanta or I was here in the DMV. Mm-hmm. So I was always surrounded by niggas. So like I've never experienced racism on the app because I've always been around black people's and like probably a few Latinos. Um. So it's always interesting when I hear those perspectives because I never experienced not to devalue it or anything, but it's just interesting to hear yeah. um, and to know the consciousness of. Um, but I also feel like the apps are just like the gay community in cyber world. It's no different to me than interacting with gay people in person. Mm-hmm. It's just a more convenient means and I can do it from my bed. Um, and I never took them like serious. Like, it's just, to me, it's a social media, but it's all black gay people. Hmm. 
it's just Twitter with all black gay, like Facebook for all black gay. <laughs> so I'm, it, that's what it is to me. Yeah. Um. So I've never gave it that much weight. Mm-hmm. So my perspective lies in, uh, let's see what's going on. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's never affected me in any way because I, I never took it serious enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or as serious as other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, because even so, like people would like send you a message and then ten minutes later send you some like emoji eyes where you at or you left. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that serious. Calm down. Yeah. I'm like, what? What? I, I don't understand. Yeah. It's only been ten minutes. <laughs> I'm at work. But see, that's the thing. Because, um, but that's the thing about the apps, though, because it's it is that instant gratification that people are hoping to get right away, which is why they are messaging you because they are assuming that you are ready, fleeted, and ready to go. You know, they <laughs> they are ready. They they have that mindset that you're mm-hmm. ready. If you're on the app, you're ready to go. And I think that's what you're probably that you probably experience. I think many of us experience that. Like I could be at work, I accidentally open it up, and then it's like. Where are you? I'm like, girl, I'm at the desk. Like, I'm at my desk. I'm just checking messages. So maybe that's, you know, that's why they jump so fast. It's cause they think I mean, what, yeah, that instant gratification, like, not not for nothing, but it, it does seem like sometimes if you put, like, just interested in, like, dating long-term relationships, mm-hmm. someone hits you up, like, they want you to be, like, on one knee within 15 minutes of the combo starting, like, it it is it's instant, but it's it's instant regardless of what you're looking for. People just yeah. want it right now. Like, oh, yeah. you're pretty, I'm pretty. Let's let's just get married and have <laughs> kids. And I'm like, well, let's start with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you yeah, said. The, yeah, the that... instant gratification says a lot about us, not only as a community but as a society. I mean, look yeah. at all the apps. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, like you post. Uh, a tweet here or a status there or a picture there and use a hashtag and you know it can go viral and that is regardless of what you think it's a mm-hmm. it's a self-esteem booster yeah so mm-hmm. it's no different in these sexual hookups so you post a a pic here or a dick pic there or an ass pic there and immediately it's instant gratification yeah I've talked I've talked to some of my students about you know because they are they grow up they have grown up in this you know social media life this is all they know you know versus me where I grew up where we didn't have internet and now we you know now things have changed I always tell them that don't get caught up on these pictures and these looks because you know when you see these Instagram models or you see you know you own these apps because it's interesting a lot of my students are really on some grinder i'm like okay like i couldn't imagine being 19 on these apps like i'd probably be a mess but it's interesting that they're on it and i always tell them that be very careful because you have to remember these people are this is what they believe is their best foot forward when you see uh, these abs and these looks and everything and these you know these pictures they take in the bathroom with that they chin up and they trying to look as masculine as possible this is all a facade to some degree so I said, don't take that so seriously. And also keep in mind that I like to say to people that just because they look hot doesn't mean they're going to deliver when it comes to 
the bedroom. So just keep all of that in mind because I think a lot of us may have experienced, you know, like, oh, they look really good, they look really hot, you know, and then you get in the bedroom or wherever you get, the alley or car, and you find out that they're not really all that good. It's because they, and because of that instant gratification or that instant, you know, agulations of like, oh my God, you're so hot, you're so hot, so hot. They don't really have any other skill set. So I always tell people to be mindful of that when you're messing around these apps. Just because you know you have a 767 doesn't mean you know how to land it. Listen. Mm. Okay, so am I the only one? Because I'll be at work sometimes and I'll just get on because I'm bored and I don't want to do my job. And, and <laughs> <laughs> like, Fair. Me and somebody, like, we'll just start talking about how much you want to go the fuck home. Like, I was like, bruh, I want, like, of course it'll be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And it's like, cool at work ready to go to fuck home bro me too i've been yeah. here since 10 o'clock whatever like i'm ready to go like i got this amount of time left man me too like i've literally had those conversations at work about wanting to leave work with niggas on jack <laughs> uh now see i'm the only one that has those kinds of experiences though no, no no i've i've had that i've had where you you know just have you just shoot the crap you just talk um and then but but yeah, eventually it will jump into the other conversations. But I like when sometimes I used to like that. I used to like when it just started with like a regular conversation because you got to know a bit a little bit more or different side right. of that person. That's how when I was, you know, single. That's how I would start out conversations, you know, just to gauge right. what kind of person they are because mm-hmm. you can learn a lot from how they can carry a conversation. That's like, okay, you we can talk about sex all the day long, but you know, what's your opinion about X, Y, Z? And if you don't, then you know, why should I give up my na na to you? Yeah. I've had full blown like debates about like masculinity on Jack before. That was funny. Um, now that- now is Jack Usually, where the black black gays are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see more more Caucasians and Latinos on Grinder, but like I said, because of the area that I'm in, it's a lot of niggas. So yeah. it's still mostly black people. Oh, okay. Um, there, I know their social media manager. Um, he's on Twitter. He follow. He actually follows a lot of us, and I say us like a lot of people on Twitter. Um. Yeah, I think and, Jack follows me. Yeah, Jack's Jack follows me. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So he he is black. So and I think that that's kind of what their their their, their major push has always been. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just what it feels like. And mm-hmm. yeah, in the in the Bay Area, it's the same way. Um, like it's it's really hard to find black men on Grinder. Um, but Scruff is like impossible. Like if you find a, a black man on Scruff, like are you lost? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but on Jack, yeah, that's pretty much um, that's like the hangout. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I didn't find any. But it's funny because when I was in D.C., as soon as I land in D.C., I was hit up by tons of black men on Gra- on Growler. When I was there, that's, that's the majority of what's here. Yeah, <laughs> but this chocolate city, ain't it? It it's is. true. I just thought it was interesting that as soon as I, like, literally, as soon as my, you know, when you get off the plane and I walked out of the airport, bing, it was like, whoa, I, I haven't even gotten a damn, you know, Uber yet. And this is what I'm getting. 
Which it was like, oh, fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> which it was funny though, but but then again, you know, in Los Angeles, and people love to talk about how Los Angeles should be. I can't believe. I was like, no, you can believe because yeah, you know, I I've I've grown to believe that maybe black men don't really get into black men here is because they have choices. You know, they they get they have so many choices, they just happen not to be black. But you know, but that's just how it is here. But. I don't know. I don't know why I jumped on that. But yeah, I, I just want to get back to what Huey said about, you know, went in different places and what have you. But I have noticed that a lot. But now maybe it's because they may be all on Jack here. I don't know. You know, that's actually the, the whole geographic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this plays into a lot of our experiences on these apps. Um, and I'll say speaking from being in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, that when you know you have if you have like areas where like the the stratification of wealth is so high like it is in san francisco um and the gentrification is just so like accelerated then you do get um that reflects itself in, in dating and hookups um even on the apps like especially on the apps i think that um you know you do on grinder on scruff and jacked you know, people who there's a mix, there's a racial ethnic mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is so much like the tokenism that, that seeking, you know, white approval, like mm-hmm. among people of color, you can tell when somebody just worships that white dick. And like I said this before on mm-hmm. Twitter, but it sometimes feels like they think like a white dick is like being knighted. Like, like that thing taps your face and like suddenly <laughs> like you are just gold. And, <laughs> And, and uh, you know, it's it's just so obvious. Um, yeah. And I think that that's because in the Bay Area, like, who can afford rent and the gym membership and the meal prep and the supplements? Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's this whole, like, superficial gym body thing. You know, who has access to jobs? Who has that social capital mm-hmm. and can get you into all the festivals and concerts and whatever? Like, it, it really is the white folks here. And that's... That, that has to do with like tech and with the bias and hiring and everything. And, you know, maybe some of the bigger companies do have a little bit more diversity, you know, like Salesforce, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, make up the, the majority of the companies here. Like there are so many unknown tech companies here and startups and these, these are run by white boys and they only hire white boys. And sometimes I hire white girls, but it, you know, when you are operating on that kind of startup mentality where, you know, it's all hands on deck, but it's like, oh, we need to hire somebody for this. And if you're relying on your social network, you're saying, oh, well, I know somebody. Well, white men are going to be friends typically with white men, not with women, not with people of color. So you just kind of get this. Um, it just like snowballs and it just keeps forming. So that just echoes in the apps where you don't have like people of color necessarily seeking other people of color because there's an assumption of of what do you live in Hunter's Point? What do you live in the Fillmore? What do you live in, in Oakland and East Oakland if you are a person of color? Um, and so there's a lot of assumptions from white folks and even from people of color that, you know, if, if you are the one POC at this tech company, you're going to be like, eh, maybe this person doesn't, you know, have a lot of the same resources or values that I have or life experiences. Mm-hmm. And so you get this whole entire conflict. So it's external as well as internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it will literally affect your, your chances of just, just getting some dick. Like that's, it's, it's so wild how these things just are reflected in the apps and the apps Mm -hmm. kind of 
enhance that experience that we have um, mm-hmm. socially otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to what you said about tokenism, um, I know for me, like my partner's white, and there's this, I don't know if it's an internal conflict with myself that black guys look at me as if I'm a sellout or that I don't like black guys. And then white guys look at me as on a different, I don't know if it's, they look at me funny, but that they feel like, oh, he's with him only because of his whiteness and black guys are doing the same thing, if that makes any sense. So I know for here in Kentucky, it's a lot of people assume that if you're with a white guy, then, oh, you're a sellout or you want to be white. And that's further from the truth. It's just, I don't know. It's really hard to explain, yeah. but unless you actually have friends, right. yeah. you wouldn't actually and understand it. That's weird because I, I never thought about the perception that white people would have. Like that has never crossed my mind. It's, I've always like been aware of like how black people feel when black people see other black people in the interracial relationship, but I never thought about how white people feel. Yeah. It's, you know, it feels like they only think that if a black person is with a white person, then those stereotypes coming at the play and all that shit. And it's very, it's, it does a number on you. No, I I believe that. I, I, like like you, Nick. I because you know I went to school in Murray State, so I went to school in Kentucky. Right. Um, it was interesting because um, for a lot of us, at that time, a lot of us who were black and gay, we were all a close knit family, and we like most of us were like close knit family, and relationships wasn't really something in our heads that quick. But our experiences when we kind of talked to one another, usually our first experience was always with somebody white. Um, it's because what was going on at that time or what was going on to who was open to that exploration or what have you. So some stuff, up, some parts of that has something to do with who was open with it, who was free with it and who you felt comfortable with. Um, do I feel like we are judged, you know, when we do date white? Yes, I think we are. And it's interesting because you see it on Twitter a lot. Every once in a while, there'll be some tweet about, you know, as I said before, about how. You know, I can't see how you would take dick from a white guy or whatever or something like that. And I'm always like, you must be under 30 years old or you must say you must be over 25. So I was like, I just kind of like, okay, that's or you must live in Atlanta. So you can speak that in existence because that's all, you know. But I think that we are judged because it is assumed that we should stay with our own. But sometimes, you know, you can't really stop what you're attracted to. You can't really stop how you may love someone. If you fall in love with anybody of color of, or anyone outside of your race, you can't really stop that. Um, I think it's so... I always thought it's okay to date someone, anybody that you fall for, anybody you find attractive. But I do think that there is right. an internal feel sometimes as like... Because like sometimes I'm like, have I given black guys a fair chance? Because I am very... Um, 
Tony Childs when it comes to black men. When it comes to men, period. I'm like Tony Childs. In the sense of like I I feel like I have a master's degree. I have I have been successful in my career of being in college being a college administrator for different places. I would want a man who is just at that level. Like I would want him to be making a good job that he is getting a salary or he is doing all those things. But then also I'm in my forties. So I feel like at this level, that's what I want. When I was, when I was 30 or in my thirties, I wanted a certain man at a certain level. Didn't really matter what race it was more about at a certain level. So I think that some of these judgments are also my, what, you know, what, what Chief was saying was there are some there's some things that we do want, you know, at a certain age, a certain time. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, those are those, some of those internal pieces about like, OK, am I giving my my people a fair chance? Because they're not always in these situations. Not too many people of color may have opportunities like I have had, may not have, you know, the master's degree I always like to taunt <laughs> or the fact I have, am I being fair? Am I being open to that? Um, so yeah, I'm always kind of conflicted. Like, am I being fair? Am I being open to that? Am I being, you know, understanding? And that's sometimes that my struggle with that, because I do feel that if I, if I am with a white guy, am I being judged? And sometimes I also feel that if the white guy is a, is a certain age, am I being looked at as, um, his kept guy or he's making all the money and you're not because that's one of the things that I notice here in Los Angeles that when I do see an interracial couple I don't really think about the race per se I think of which one of them is is paying for everything yeah that's yeah that's a whole a whole nother subject mm-hmm. as far as who's who has the most money in the relationship and that feeds into the whole masculinity thing yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I know um, I I was checking for black people, black guys, but they weren't really checking for me because I didn't fit that stereotype of either the femme or the down low thug nigga. You know, I can't. Those stereotypes are rampant down here, mm-hmm. and I can't be. Those are just not me. Like you see, my Twitter is either. Drag, something to do with geek culture, or music, or I'm just making some stupid tweet. I just, there are so many facets of black culture that those two lazy stereotypes are just done to death. Mm-hmm. And going back to, you know, which one is making the most money, that again, feeds into the society that we always have to have more than the other. Yeah. We have to ha- be better than the other. We have to look better than the other. And it's just, you see it so much, and not, and not only these apps, but in gay culture. Yeah, it's like a lot of the, the things that we see on the apps as far as the, the problems within the community, we also see on Twitter. Like, it's it's the same issues as it expressed differently, the tokenism, uh, hyper-masculinity, all that, like, you, you can see it on Twitter, you can see it on Jack, you can see it wherever you have these clumpings of gay people, 
So yeah. that's why I've never seen it as something different than those things. Yeah. Do you all remember any racist situations that you had on the apps? Uh, with Benjamin Niggas. <laughs> yeah. I, I got one. It, it's, yeah. it's not overt. It was subtle. And mm-hmm. I, I like to tell this story because it kind of shows also like where the Bay Area is at. Yeah. So um, I'm Latinx. Um, 23andMe says I'm like a third uh, indigenous and like 50% Iberian, whatever. So, uh, you know, I'll, all I know is I walk into a room full of white folks. They don't know what I am, but yeah. they know I ain't, I ain't white. So, so I have, you know, so I had a photo up, like whatever it was on, on Grindr and wasn't getting a lot of responses, but like whatever. So then I take another picture and it's got, um, I think I was wearing a snapback and it's like red and blue and with white writing. And every time I wear this particular one, because it's majority blue and then it's got red and then white accents, mm-hmm. people always ask me, like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, here. And they're like, oh, you look blah, blah, blah. And they start saying, like, Puerto Rican, Cuban, whatever. And it's only with his hat. It's, like, so particular. And I don't know where this comes from. But I took a picture with this hat on backwards. Merc, same facial expression, whatever. Suddenly, I started to get all of these messages from white San Francisco gays and about like, Hey poppy and like, like, hola and like all this, like, and so, and it was just, it was clear. They were talking to me. Like they think I talk mm-hmm. like whatever their, whatever their idiot understanding of, of a Latinx person is, that's how they were talking to me. And, and it was just, it was night and day. And I was just, I was, uh, all I could do was laugh. Like, it's like, you know what? You're cute and you have a great ass, but like, that is, <laughs> I, I do not want to have sex with you because it's just so ridiculous. And, yeah. and it's just, it, it like, it, it just, it proved the point. It proved yeah. the point that everyone says that if you like, if you are a stereotype or if you consider yourself or if you're willing to put up with people stereotyping you when it comes to sex, sure, you will have all the success in the world with white gays and these white gay apps. Yeah. But see, yeah, and that's scary to me because it, it's like, I look at that as how Kuto became Toby. It's like when you, <laughs> when, you yeah. go, when you go into that situation where it's like, I have, I'm allowing the stereotype to shape me and to be something for them. And that goes back to what you were saying about this whole, you know, dick nighting is the fact that they, <laughs> that sadly there are gays of color who will, resort to that in order to get access and it really makes me it really makes me sad because it's like it's really disgusting that you because you want to be in that mix so bad and i understand because you know like i'm i'm about to post pictures of of um ibc and that's i guess the international bear conference wherever it's called convergence or whatever about how everybody loves to go because last night i posted this thing about you know like you know Everybody's going to Palm Springs and it's this whole bear thing there. Palm Springs is known for that. And every time you see pictures, there's nobody, like you barely see anybody black or whatever. But if a black person goes, you know, he's looking like this, he looks like the stereotype of what they want as a black man. Very John Henry looking, you know, big, you know, buxom, all that type of stuff that they like. And I'm like, hmm. To me, it feels like when you go to those things, it's like that party scene and get out. 
You know, it's like when he's there, they all sizing you up and they telling you all these things like, oh, I love some tiger or, you know, probably like, oh, I love Moonlight. That's what a lot of conversations you have with white guys will be sometimes on the apps will be like, the first thing I remember someone will say is like, oh my God, I love Moonlight. That's like, oh, you did? And I'll just be mean and say, oh, I hated it. You know, like something like that, just to, like, <laughs> just to be mean to it. But that... Like, you know, Chief was saying, like, that's been some of the subtle pieces where they'll say, oh, I love Moonlight. I cried three times. Or they'll say, um, like, I miss Obama so much. I know you do, too. I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> like that. Damn. Uh, but one time, I'll never forget this. I would get hit up by a lot of white men. Um, and they will always assume that I was a top. So I went back and put on my thing strictly bottom. And I still got hit on by mm-hmm. white men who were still talking about me topping them. And I was like, I, get, uh, I said, I guess you did not even look at my profile. I put Strictly Bottom and yet I was still getting hit up by white men about topping them. So it's interesting because, again, think about why I left the apps is because of the fact that I'm still dealing with that type of stuff that I am looked at as only as a stereotype. I'm not looked at as somebody who has achieved things and been successful in my life. I'm looked at as a big dick. And that's it. And that and that that's really disheartening. And and I and I know you know other like I think about Asian men who one of my friends, he is he's a top and he can never get somebody who will let <laughs> Who wants him to top them because they don't look at him as a top. They look at him as a giggling Asian bottom. Um, and sadly, some of them have played up to that. Like, I can't tell you. Going to WeHo here is like going to, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the worst place you can go. Like going to Genosha. It's like that. Going to Genosha is like, it's basically, for those who don't read X-Men, it's the X-Men thing. But it, it's like going to something like that because it's like you see where sometimes I always say this is where you go to see people who have get, who have given up. That's what we hope means to me. It's like you see the black man walking around with the older white gay and I'm like, mm, okay. And that, that's my look. I give that look every time when I see an older white gay with a Latin, especially Latino. Latino There's a lot of Latinos I feel like and that I feel like that 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 are in those situations, and that, and that makes me cringe because I always feel like you don't have to. I always want to go up like you don't have to do this. You can leave this. You don't have to do this. And some of the black, I'll never forget my first, my second year here. I had my I had one of my Louis Vuitton bags. Walked around there because a friend wanted to go to we you know, went there, and one guy was like, "Oh, where you get your bag? Where did your daddy get your bag at?" And I was like, "My daddy." And he was like, yeah, your daddy, where you, where y'all get your bag? I was like, first of all, I got my bag at Beverly Hills with my money. No daddy bought that. But it was the assumption that this man saw me and said that my daddy bought this for me. And so, and it was a, and it was a black man. No, black Latino man. He was an Afro-Latino. And he was like, no, Latino, I'm saying that's totally wrong. But he was just saying, like, I'm doing this. I he said I'm doing this I'm working to get my bag too I'm like I and I said you don't need to say that you should not say that you're working to get your bag and that bothered me for I've been here for 10 years that has always stuck with me like this is the culture here and so every time I go to WeHo I will always see a younger man of color with a white man I always want to run up and say 
you can wake up or snap my, you know, snap my phone light <laughs> in his face to say you don't have to go through this. But I feel like a lot of people have given up and have accepted that tokenism and accepted that in order to get somewhere or to be knighted into the gay community, they have to do this. Wayo sounds like hell. I don't like it. <laughs> These little names that they, I don't like them at all. It's I, just like, oh my God, I don't want to come to California. Like it's, Jesus. it's not our only neighborhood. Like we have Silver Lake, that's like for the Bears, but that's kind of, that's white and Latino. I think if you want to, like, if I ever wanted to see black bears, I have to go to Long Beach. I have to go all the way to Long Beach to see that because I think that's where they are. Or I think that's where a lot of the L.A. ones go. But again, it's just thinking about that whole issue. Like, I'm very curious what you, what, of what you think of the, the, the Castro, like how that is. Because I know I've been there a few times and I think it's a mix. But Chief, how is that? Is it very... I mean, what is that almost like a WeHo? Do you feel like it's like a WeHo? I don't know if you've been to WeHo before, but is it yeah, almost like that? I, I have been to WeHo. Um, and, you know, the, the times that I've been to WeHo, I I go with friends because I'm not from L.A. I mean, I'm from Santa Barbara, which is like a little bit north. Yeah. But even then, like, I didn't do my, my you know, I didn't grow up as a gay in WeHo, so I was socializing the Castro mostly. Um, but every time I go to WeHo, it's always with friends. So we're always like looking inside the group not really outside so i will admit that while i i see have seen everything that you have seen my attention is like more inward yeah. so like I, i'm just like okay you know what? we're gonna pretend i'm not seeing that i guess um <laughs> but in the castro it is you know the castro in san francisco in general always want to um they they want to be they're like the the younger brother that thinks it's something but it's not yeah. um People that live here want to think that we're like, oh, it's just a small New York. No, boo, it's not New York at all. (laughs) And when it comes to the Castro, like people are like, oh, San Francisco is this, that and the other. And I will say this. San Francisco is probably one of the most sex positive cities like anyone can ever visit. Um, But in terms of like the scenes and like the openness, it's like not even at all. Like you go to different parts if you are like in bear culture, leather culture, BDSM, that's all like the Soma neighborhood. So it's not even in the Castro. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they have the Folsom street fair. And that's just kind of that, that's where that culture grew up there. And it is kind of grimy and gritty. And when you're in that area and it, it fits, you know, <laughs> but I will say that it's even that area. Like it's not open. Like bears have this understanding in, in, in San Francisco as being like very open, very warm, inviting. And, and I think that that's true. I think there's something different about bear culture that is in present in other subcultures. Um, but that comes with, with an asterisk because it, it exists for, for Latinos, for light skinned Latinos, mm-hmm. for white folks. See that for, um, for, for black men, um, maybe Asians, but like you go to some of these clubs and it really is, it's, it's pretty white. It's pretty light skin. Like we're, we're talking like, you know, sunburn after 15 minutes in July. Like, um, you, so it, it's not, it's not very open, but in that respect, you also have the fact that, and you know, maybe this is just a thing, but like 
black men and a lot of Latinos, you know, they might look, if you were just to take like a, a snapshot of like body type, it's like, okay, yeah, you're a bear. But that doesn't mean that somebody has to be forced into bear culture. So, you know, we see folks who are of color who want to participate in the Castro and in that scene. Um, but it's it it's not really there's not a whole lot of acceptance. And that's because Castro Central still is very much like, do you have abs? How often do you go to the gym? Do you um, do you like overlook this casual racism for white folks? And and there are some bars that are unbearably white and there are some bars that are definitely more POC. Um, but it doesn't there's not like a full integration. I think that that San Francisco lies to itself when it says it's so progressive and so woke, because it's it's very obvious to me that the the simple aesthetics, the music, the people who work there, um, the vibe of these places that are supposed to be inclusive and open it's just really not and um you know my 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 favorite barista is at this local coffee shop up here it's a it's a chain but i think you even have some in la for bill's coffee um but there's four baristas and they are like it is non-binary their body types are diverse and so is their racial and ethnic makeup um but they walked up to me one time and I was like, you guys look like a Netflix X-Men series. And so they started calling me Professor X. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they they see it and, and they're all younger. You know, they're mm-hmm. early in mid 20s. And so they see what I see. Mm-hmm. But people my age in San Francisco, they don't see it. Like I'm they people literally tell me, like speaking of like of Professor X, people have called me like the Malcolm X of, of like you know, uh, gay men of color because I'm like, nah, you're white, you're racist, but hey, you want a drink though? And like that rub, rubs <laughs> them the wrong way for some reason. I don't know. Um, but you know, they, they, so that's kind of how it is. I, I wish I could say that San Francisco was, was different. Um, like on the opposite side of that, of, as we hope, but it, it's kind of the same just in nuanced little ways. Yeah. I think, the gay community is lies to itself. They yeah, think that right. we're so progressive, we're this, we're that. But I mean, if you just peel back the initial layer, you see all this kind of racism, subtle and explicit. You see all these people that want to group themselves in this and think that we're better you're better than this other person or i make more money than you or i look better or my dick is bigger or my ass is fatter it's just it's it can be really ugly and really lonely yeah that's why i that's why i I get scared of the apps because i feel like the apps are changing the way we view romance and dating and everything else and i I, I throw this question out here, everybody. Do you think that the apps is killing romance? Um, I don't. Um, because I feel like I said the interactions on the app, to me and from my experiences, haven't been any different from my interactions in gay bars or in gay mm-hmm. clubs. The only difference is on the app is just pictures and just texting or messaging and it's not like face to face but as far as the overall experience it's my, it's been the same for me mm-hmm. so like I said I don't view it as any different from being in the bar a gay bar or a gay club or being on Twitter or whatever like it's so I don't feel like it's killing romance I just feel like it's another 
method of communication within the the community, but I don't feel like it's killing anything. Because I mean, even still, if if people want to get a nut, they're going to get a nut regardless. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. At least for me, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I will agree with that, and um, I'm going to agree um, because I think that. I mean, everyone has a. No matter your age, you have a, a bias of right now, mm-hmm. and like I always, when when it, it tends to be younger people that on my social media spaces that tell me um, that that you know the apps are. are are making things bad or they're ruining things. Um, but that's always when I, I start to present like the perspective, like we were, we opened this conversation talking about like, what did you do, you know, before the apps or what did you know, what other places have you used? And it's like, you know, before the apps, there was gay.com Adam for Adam Manhunt. Before that it was Craigslist before that, it, you know, you had like the AOL chat rooms and, you know, people were doing shady things on um, like in SoCal, the Latinos had C pixel and, um, there was just a lot of spaces and then it, it's, it's never really been, um, a thing for gays to necessarily have romance. And, you know, I, as much as he is absolute trash now with this social commentary, Andrew Sullivan, you know, he always t- uh, writes about how in 1989, when he wrote the conservative case for gay marriage, like the baseline, the average gay, like trashed him. And like literally said, no, like we are not heteronormative. You know, that is, you know, the marriage is antithetical to the concept of queerness. Gays have ever actually been interested in monogamous romance and that that aspect of heteronormativity. Um, I think this is new. And I think if you've grown up in a time when, um, you know, the, the debate was about gay marriage and marriage equality, I think that that is, you know, something that has changed people's values. I don't think that will always be stuck, uh, be in this thing where, you know, oh, not not marriage, not you know, romance, not other things. But I do think that it's it's a bit unfair to blame the apps, and it's also a bit unfair to expect that the average gay man is going to be into these kinds of things. When that's not that hasn't been our history. I mean, you know, marriage equality is what two, three years old almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to socialize ourselves to the possibility, and people are still looking at well, for our models. When you know we have to do things differently just because we're socialized differently. You know, um, we we have the process of coming out, and those are going to shape how we see romance in general. So I I think that you know you know even. If you look at the the people in this uh, in this conversation right now, we are literally writing the book. We're writing the rules. So I don't know if you can can kill something before we've even birthed it. That's a good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Even when when you when you get to romance and stuff like that, there's always still this, I guess, more sexual nature to it because it gets to romance, but then. <laughs> You have the whole top versus bottom issue. It's like that. Well, damn. Like <laughs> if you both tops or you both bottoms. Like it's it always has that conflict into. Or somebody will be attracted. Like somebody hit me up before, um, and I responded, and then it was like, oh, I thought she was cute, and then I read your profile because <laughs> I put in there like if it gets to that point, you know, I prefer topping. 
<laughs> but that's no different from an experience I would have out in the street if I was at a bar. Yeah. I've had that happen, like for that face-to-face conversation. And it's like, I, I see the disappointment in their face when it's like, yeah, I don't want your penis in my ass. <laughs> right. You know, I, I posed that question because, um, like, one of the reasons why I posed that question was because I always hear when I, you know, what when I say to people, like, why don't you get off the apps or whatever, they will say something like, well, how else am I going to find people? How else am I going to find love? And so, for a lot of people, they have now looked, they kind of turned to the apps as a way to not only meet other people, but to find love. And, or like, because we, we, we talk about Scruff and Muff and all those places, but we sometimes forget that, you know, Match and OkCupid, those are apps, and Tinder. And so now people are turning to those for that, but sometimes having the same experiences that they will have on Scruff and Grinder and Growler and Hornet and all these things. So, and it, go ahead. I would say that just goes to show that you're looking for something in the community where that's not a big priority or that's not a, a big thing. Not to say that you shouldn't look mm-hmm. for that or that it's wrong for you to want that, but be mindful that although you are going on these apps, it's still the same community. It's mm-hmm. still the same people. It's still the same issues. Mm-hmm. Don't get your hopes up thinking that mm-hmm. you're going into this different realm with these different gays. It's the same gays that's in the clubs, the same gays you'll <laughs> find at the the bar, the same gays you'll find at Pride. It's the same ones. Mm-hmm. It's the same community. So don't go into the apps thinking, oh, I'm going to find love. I, I don't have any success in the club, so I'm going to go on the app mm-hmm. to look for niggas that are in the same mm-hmm. distance. Because it's not like the apps are showing you niggas like far away. Like th- these are people that are close to you. These are the same people that you've been seeing yeah. in the clubs and in the store. Like it's the same people. So why do you have this different expectation and yeah. the behavior or the response? I w- I will say for myself because I never used the apps, you know, as a a resource for many years. And then when I got on just for that year, year and two months, I went in with the same mindset I've had for years. You know, like I went in with that mindset of, okay, there's going to be some decent ones on here. It might be some fun stuff. I look, I went into it with a sex in the city mindset. (laughs) That's like (laughs) one of which I shouldn't have, but I went in with a different (laughs) mindset of thinking that people would be, decent at a certain age or whatever so i brought in a lot of these you know maybe unrealistic views when i went into it because i'm not used to that you know when i came up in the culture i came up without all of this you know i came up with we actually met up at walmart to talk or it was more like for yeah it'll be like oh so you know joy wants to meet with you he's gonna be at walmart at 10 o'clock so we're gonna go to walmart and we're gonna like go there and then we're gonna go to you know the all night hardies to talk or whatever or yeah you'll be like <laughs> we're gonna go outside me at the quad me in the quad on campus at at 10 30 like something like that so i came up with i grew up with we did everything in person or if we or we wrote or we send messages to somebody to send to somebody to say we're gonna meet or whatever so i came from that mindset so when i actually got on the apps i'm bringing in 1990s mindset early 2000 mindset to something that is it's not really there anymore. So I know for myself, that's why I found, that's why I was surprised with what I saw. And I was like, who goes through this? Cause this is trash. But you know, apparently if you used to, you know, 
this the way things are, as you were saying, Huey, then you, you know that this is not a surprise. I think for myself, it was like, wow, so this is how people treat each other. I am out. <laughs> you know, let me take back my pro membership that I'm paying $20 for a month. Like, it's time for me to... The, 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 the what? Well, I, when I was on Growler, I paid for the pro membership. Bless your heart. Cause... I, yeah, I found nobody pays for it. I was like... <laughs> Everybody kept saying like, "Oh, I can't see your fifth picture," because I don't have the thing. I was like, "Okay." So I thought I could, that's my assumption. I thought everybody paid <laughs> for the pro membership. Somebody said that was bougie of me to do that, and I was like, "I didn't know. I thought that's what everybody did, but apparently not." <laughs> so that's why I look at this stuff now. Like, okay, I went in with this mindset of this, but I don't want to. Maybe it's maybe it's me being older. I don't want to change. I don't want to adapt to that because I feel like if I'm going to adapt to it, I'm going to lose something. So that's why I was like, I don't want to do that. So let me just get off. And if I see you, I see you. But I can't alter myself for your approval. So that's why I, in in defense of some people who may look at the apps as a way of doing that. Like I never looked at it as a way for romance, but I know some people do. And I wonder is that is because they get on there in hopes that they will find something good or decent or they feel like this is where everybody's going now if that makes any sense i know personally for me i met mine off manhunt back <laughs> just that name 11 years slow. ago that name. so i mean you can find it don't think Blinko. don't yeah. automatically assume that everybody is looking for that or that the one that you talked to was going to be the one. Yeah. Because I, I remember I went into the first meeting with mine thinking that it was just, it was going to be a one and done thing and we was going to see each other around on campus and, you know, that. But obviously that didn't happen. But I, it's just coming up now with these gays and these apps makes a whole new mindset as far as relationship and relationship goals as and you know marriage and this whole do we be more heteronormative or do we stay on the fringes of what they deem as homosexual behavior but it's it's I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's not even a matter of it being a heteronormative or, or a gay thing. People experience people differently. People love differently. It doesn't matter. Or and people have different um, needs when it comes to relationships and relationship dynamics. It's not a, a gay thing or a straight thing. It's a, a how do you love or, and how do you like to get your nut? Because at the end of the day, well, to put polyamory, it bluntly, polyamory is in in heterosexual couples, right? Polyamory yeah. in queer couples. Uh, monogamy is mm-hmm. in heterosexual couples. It's in queer couples, and queer people want to be monogamous. Some queer people don't. Heterosexual people. So, I feel like we always want to throw a, a heteronormative gay thing, but at the end of the day, maybe. We don't even need those qualifiers involved. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would like no, to. Some, some, sometimes, yeah, they're they're needed, but. <laughs> Yeah, just to make sure you know what you're getting into. I will say that. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of the apps, and one day I would like to get into this conversation, but I'm I'm realizing that the apps are now really beginning to shape our culture because they are now getting into the media piece. And, I, Chief, you have mentioned this before in some of your tweets. Like, we're now seeing, um, for example, Grinder has into... Hornet has has a Hornet has kind of a a magazine online magazine format. Um, we're seeing a lot of this happen, and and, I, and I've been told there will be more to come. We'll see like maybe Growler or Scruff start getting into the media format. There's a part of me that's fearful of this to some degree, like a small part, not like a huge part, but a small part is, because again. I think of Grinder. I think of how they already have issues with how they, how race is has has is a big issue on the app. But yet, you know, Into has a very diverse staff. Um, when it comes to their news and and their media content, but I I sometimes wonder what that will look like if more of the apps start getting into the media, and shaping that, um, because I. I, I, I slightly struggle with it because again with their issues they have already can you really be some a place that speaks on that when you have these issues in the back in the background and also something else that was mentioned here is I hope uh, one day I would love to talk about the tokenism because I'm also seeing when it comes to and chief I hope this is never I hope you never do this <laughs> um, but, I, but I'm seeing where a lot of our People of color who are now, you know, they get their little blue checks and everything. But if you kind of look at who is their biggest of followers or whatever, it's, it's mostly white. And or most of the interactions will come off more towards white. And so therefore, I'm just like, I, I feel like that's a win lose situation, if that makes sense. Um, because I think one of my biggest fears is. I feel like sometimes people believe as as you get big as a personality or a person who is in media or what have you, you become more of a you you kinda lose us in the format. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? And Yeah. It it totally makes sense to me. Um Yeah, I hear you with um with all the apps going and now creating media platforms. You know, Grinder saw this, they they as what's been told to me is that they got bought out by a company and every time you get an infusion of cash that that um that buyer that vc you know fund they want a return on that investment and they don't want like you know 10 12 15 they want like 30 40 return yeah and so grinder took its built-in like everyone's on the app okay cool let's start throwing media lifestyle things at them um let's start doing this because you know this is a a sort of roundabout way to get um the advertising money and all that other stuff so so they are doing it and even the app is now open somebody tweeted the other day that grinder is now full of straight people looking for weed (laughs) hey jack too that's all niggas doing right they they selling massages and they're selling weed Entrepreneurs, I respect it. Hustle on, bro. But like, <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. 
Yeah, and so so Grinder is in. They want to be inclusive, so that's, I you know, that's okay that they want to be inclusive, but it is no longer a gay app. And by this time next year, it'll just be a dating or a hookup or some kind of social media app. And you know, I mean, I guess um, you know, like social media, but hyper social and geolocation based. All of those companies that try to come out with that back in 2010, 11, 12, th- those all folded because people weren't ready for that kind of hyper-social yeah. um, kind of thing. But I guess people are conditioned to it now. Yeah. But that being said, you know, folks still need a safe space. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you can say that values are a little bit different from the younger folks. But I, at the same time, I think that for a lot of the, you know, 18, 20, 21, 22-year-olds, like super young I think everything is new and you think the world is going to be like, you know, holding hands because you're in college or because you just got out of high school or because your circle of friends are so open. Um, But even some of the people who I, you know, went to high school with at, you know, in in Santa Barbara, white Democratic voters, you're going to tell me that they don't have like these problematic uh, opinions about the world by the time they're 30 and 40. And this is why people need safe spaces. And, And what we're basically seeing is that as a result of money, we're seeing the dismantling of Grinder as a safe space. Hmm. It's being very inclusive, but I've heard like feedback from a lot of people, and don't get me wrong, I, I mean, I'm mutual follows with the, the Into Twitter account, but a lot of people are still suspect, they're skeptical about Into because they say that it, it looks like, you know, they are putting um, like language, they are putting um, photos, they are putting kind of an aesthetic, uh, an aesthetic layer on top of stuff that that is really kind of just the same old same old um and so they're questioning its authenticity and 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 i mean i guess that's that's a fair assessment um but yeah i think that i think that that's kind of where they are and this is this is it's just going to be the same for all of them like hornet is going to be the same and um i will say that there is something different about Artie's thing um for them um, and Condé Nast, like they just have resources, and that's just wild. So going from for, for Picardi going from you know everything at Team Bogue and what he did with that to using um, them as a platform as an inclusive platform, um, I think they're doing some great work. But some of it still does seem very much like um, I don't know you. It just the, the language doesn't seem authentic. Sometimes I won't say all the time or the or majority of the time. It just feels like. It's like, oh, you know, turn up your gay, turn up your POC, turn up your black, turn up your Latinx, and like really kind of do that thing. And like, remember the, the movie Dear White People, the film? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the Netflix series, but remember when she's voicing over um, over the character who's going into that white fraternity and how he really plays up his blackness? And they had a jazz term for it. Like, that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. No, I get that. I, I understand. And, and like you, I know some of the writers and some of the, you know, sometimes they, they get some of the, some of the up and coming writers in that. But I also feel like at the same time, it's, I I was like, yeah, you're doing this, but you're doing it to kind of keep, you know, to keep that, that jazzy look up. It's like, yes, you're all for people of color and blah, 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 what have you, what have you. But how real is it to some degree? Um, and luckily they kind of came in at a time where we were questioning gay media, um, about what they were doing. So they came in at the right time to do that. But at the same, again, I'm just like, well, what's, 
under it is what's getting to me a little bit too. Um, but I, who knows? We could all be totally wrong. They can be really have a plan for it. I just feel like at the end of the day, as you were saying, it is about money and how much of us are they willing to sell out in order to keep this capital going. Right. Right. And that's, that's what I think is, is the danger. And, you know, Zach Stafford heading grinder, um, and even Picardi at them. And, you know, I think that they have the knowledge and the ability to steer the ship, but now I wonder about, you know, all these other platforms, um, coming into play. Are they, are they just trying to get a, um, or are they actually trying to do something? Um, yeah. you know, like my, my, my constant refrain on Twitter is, are you going for clicks or for community? And that's how people, that's where people will, will separate these things and, and start to see, um, the, dis- the difference and that will distinguish them. Yeah. Cause now I'm getting to a point where I enjoy the conversations on Twitter versus going on these, on these pages to read it. I mean, I was writing, you know, and stuff way before all this, like back in the, like in the middle 2000s, you know, writing for Bellarico Project, writing for um, LGBTQ Nation, doing all that stuff. I feel like we kind of tackled a lot of the things that are being talked about now. It's just being resurfaced. Like I've been tempted to be like, I'll see these articles now. I'm like, you know what? I can go back in 2009 and pull up the same, (laughs) you know, like I've, been but I'm like that's petty of me so I'm like I won't do that but I'm like we're kind of talking about the same things um but maybe from a different perspective or a personal colors perspective but I I I, mean, I don't want to really go down this road because again it's not really on the topic but it's just interesting to see when we talk about tokenism it's just interesting to see how it's played in so many different fashions and 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 in different ways facets in different ways but um it's um but I begin to wonder and worry for our young, you know, writers of color who are now getting this newfound fame. But is that is that something they're really like? Are they kind of realizing what's happening around them? That's what I kind of mean. Like, do you realize like this is what's happening around you? Do you realize your circle is very white? Do you realize that most of the reason why you have ten thousand followers, most of them are white? I think somebody shaded somebody did shade someone, I'm not gonna really say names. They actually looked at their Twitter followers and they said, you know, out of your ten thousand followers, um, eight thousand of them are white. And I was like, Oh I said that can you and that was and they had proof. They actually cause you know they they have these little apps that can tell you who the percentages of who are your followers. And I was like, Oh, that is like, I wouldn't know how to take that. If somebody did that to me, like, I'm like, wow, then who I'll be like, who's really my audience and who am I to my audience? Am I, you know, am I the, am I the, you know, the, I don't know the, the Jordan, the Jordan Rustin, the, the Barry Rustin of my group or, um, Am I the Sambo of this group? Like I, those are things that I will, I will, I will question, you know. And so, I don't know. Just things I'm just really learning lately. But again, just that was something I, I hope that we can talk about in the future. But I see now that with when we when we think about like going back to the original thing, we think about apps and everything else. I think it's I. I'm kind of on the side of what you were saying. Um, on both both of y'all were saying. Huey and and Chief that it is it's what you can make of it but it's not for everybody that's what I'm taking from it 
That is what I'm saying. Very much so. No, I agree. So I think that that's a good place to end our conversation. We could go on, on and on and talk about this mm-hmm. like the whole day. But uh, Huey and Chief, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Again, tell the people where they can find you on the internet and your work. You want to go first this time, Chief? Uh, all right. Um, you can find ethnics.com, E-F-N-I-K-S dot com. You can find the website. Um, like I said, this week um, we have released the uh, Black History Month cover story about black LGBTQ millennials. We had a guest editor who's black. Every writer is black. Uh, we had a photographer photographing seven people who are black. So this is like the the blackest um, <laughs> the blackest cover story we've ever done, and we are very proud of it. I am personally proud of it. I think some of the work is. Um, but follow us on social media: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ethnics D O T C O M Ethnics dot com. And you can find me on Twitter at Baby Huey. That's B A E B Y A T U E Y. And check out my shows, The Man Podcast, uh, Equipment I Jazz. We do a live online radio show every Saturday at 12 on listenvisionlive.com. And we also do a, a after show podcast for that show that drops on Mondays. Um, and The Man Podcast drops on Mondays. And make sure you information for Boys Love Beyonce dropping on Valentine's Day with me and Chanel from What About Your Friends his 10,000 other shows that he's working on. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's have a good time. Excellent. And you can follow us at Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz, Victor's at Wonderman 5. You can like, comment, subscribe to Megasheen on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Follow us on Facebook at Pod. We're on Instagram as well. Um, anything else before we get up out of here? Thank you for having me. Man. I appreciate it. Hey, same. Thank you. I pre- I I always enjoy these conversations. We should do more, yes. to be honest. No, I, I'm fine with that. I just talk too much. But, <laughs> but no, I like stuff like this. This Because I don't think we do this enough as um, people of color, especially queers of color, to talk about these issues sometimes. So, yeah. We don't. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, until next time. Bye, everybody.